I was taught to remove my hat whenever I was inside of a vehicle, especially if I was driving. We all did it as a matter of reflex before pulling off. Four young black boys in someone's mother's car or some used, broken down atrocity, all wearing new era fitteds, toques, and bucket hats. We get in the vehicle and immediately remove all headgear. We didn't discuss it. It was a matter of assumption. We will be pulled over if someone is wearing a hat. We will likely be pulled over if someone isn't wearing a hat, but why increase the likelihood? Why attract more negative attention to yourself? We're already black, young, fear. The way we speak, the way we dress, already looked down on by everyone outside of our community, misunderstood, labeled, attacked. Police are looking for us, not because of anything we have done, but because of who we are. You can drive the speed limit, signal, full stop at the stop sign and slow at the yellow. You will be pulled over for looking like yourself. Four black teenagers in a vehicle, well, they were just playing the odds. Pull them over, start digging around. One of them has got to be guilty of something, right? <laughs> we thought maybe taking off the hat took the edge off a bit. Like, we look slightly different from the stereotype they were looking to harass. Why invite the inconvenience, the negativity? We took off our hats to lessen the odds, to acquiesce, to adapt, to accept and fall in line with reality. Resisting meant a level of conflict that nobody wanted. We had all been harassed by police, jumped, beaten, threatened, and let go afterward. That means no record, no wrongdoing, just a reminder of who the fuck you are and what I can do to you. Fall in line. And be happy with that, because some of us got a worse, taken in, charged. Put your arms up to block their blows and get labeled as resisting. Over time, we developed a disdain for the police. The constant harassment created a very rational fear. When they would pull up behind or beside us at a red light, even with no priors or illegal activity, our hearts would race all the same. We were no safer on foot. The police car would pull up on the sidewalk to cut you off in broad day or follow you quietly with the headlights out at night. We would have to empty our pockets, answer their questions. Where are you headed? To visit your auntie, what's her address? Pardon me? Speak up. What's wrong? You don't look too happy. Is something wrong, young man? They would try to get a rise out of you. We dealt with it in different ways. Some people swallowed their pride, smiled, and gave them everything they wanted in order to end the inconvenience as quickly as possible. Others couldn't hide their disdain for the third interruption that day. Some talked back, some just ran. Some lost so much respect for these officers that they couldn't help but match their passive-aggressive questions with wisecracks of their own. Regardless of your way, of dealing with the harassment and the consequences thereafter, we all walked away with that same lesson. We are less than. We are feared and we are to be afraid. We are not respected, we are not deserving. Understood. This applied to every aspect of our lives. The police had the power to produce a physical fear, a PTSD, and a muscle memory because they were allowed to interrupt our lives and bring physical harm to us. The lesson of less than applied to us everywhere we went. It came down from teachers, at job interviews, store owners, strangers. Everyone was afraid of us. Regardless of any love or confidence given to us inside of our homes, the world outside taught us what we were. 
who we were in this society, what we deserved and what we did not deserve. Some of us accepted our fates according to what we had been taught by this world, what jobs we couldn't have, the lack of respect and compassion we were to expect from others. Everything was against us. Some of us got scarier, angrier, fuck the system, this world. When you break a human being down to that, they have no hope left in this world, no future potential. Some of us were broken long before we had an opportunity to grow up and even try. Others, by the way of some luck, didn't get broken all the way down, didn't get all the way angry, all the way hopeless. We took cues from this world and who we were and attempted to acquiesce. We took the bass out of our voices, raised our eyebrows and smiled uncomfortably to stop strangers for directions. We hid the pain and anger beaten into us from the public. We tried to adapt to the cues we learned about what the world deemed as acceptable. We applied it to how we dressed around them, how we spoke around them. Coffee and sushi culture, golf and cottage culture. We pretended to understand, to relate to things we couldn't afford. We didn't correct others when they assumed our circumstances to be more privileged than it actually was. And some of us came up. We walked around feeling like imposters, able to adapt and relate to this new world but not ever fully feel like we belonged or that our truest selves would be accepted by our peers of this world. Like no matter how far I come, no matter how high I climb, there's a truth about me that would remove every promotion I've ever earned, my reputation wiped, my salary removed. Today I took off my hat and placed it on a passenger seat before starting the car. Muscle memory. A subconscious tick. And I was still pulled over. In a car, leased in my name, insurance paid, registration legit, plates and stickers up to date, a car I drive my children in. A car my wife of seven years sits beside me in. A man with no criminal record. A man who wears a suit to work. A man with employees who love and respect him. Managers who elevate him. Whose peers praise him. I'm responsible for so many people. Every day, so many people rely on me as a father, as a husband, as a boss, as a leader, as a friend, as a contributor to Toronto's communities through financial literacy or the arts. I'm needed, appreciated, loved. I understand what you think you see in this car, Mr. Officer, but you are dead wrong. You think you're somehow more worthy than I am. You assume I'm less than you because I'm not in my suit today or I haven't shaved. You ask me where I'm headed because you have no real infractions to discuss with me. You hope to come across something. Maybe you'll hit the jackpot once you scan my ID. You don't need to know where I'm headed, Mr. Officer. And I don't need to explain to you everything I know about myself. See, the world taught me that I was less than undeserving, feared, and still I overcame. I'm a revered creator, an award-winning filmmaker, and a brand one of the most respectable financial institutions in our country. I'm relied upon and needed by an entire community spanning from my home to my employees, my clients, my family, my friends, to my supporters and consumers. My presence here is invaluable. You are speaking to a king, Mr. Officer. People who you look up to, who you actually want to protect and serve, look up to me. My taxes pay your salary, and I still make more than you, Mr. Officer. 
And if we really need to lean into stereotypes, aside from your probably being a loser in school or an asshole to your wife or an absentee father to your children, the world has still taught you your whole life that you were deserving, intelligent, worthy, and full of potential. And you ended up a fucking cop. I am much too powerful to be afraid of you anywhere in my subconscious. And I can wear a hat in a car. I go by the name of Septo.ca. And this is the left column.